First and Goal with Brian Weber and Nick Ferguson is live 1 to 8 p.m. every Sunday throughout the season. The NFL is on. Tune in. Let's bring in a man who I believe has a horn to play, Cordell Stewart. Cordell, blow your horn. Ba-da! Ba-da! Touchdown, Case Keenum. Back to you. Yeah, yeah. Um, I told you all week long it's going to be complete hell for you, my friend. Uh, if this team goes on the road and get this win against the Atlanta Falcons. I mean, one thing I, I know for sure, two things I know for certain is, one, Case Keenum has really been playing really good football and, Overall, this team, based on what they do together, uh, is second to none. Um, this is the same, I think, recipe we may have seen from this team when playing against the Washington Redskins. Uh, this is the same recipe we saw when they played against the Rams. It's like that, let's play the field position game. We're going to be smart in the sense of how we actually go about our business on offense, not turn the football over. Basically, let's run the football, be stubborn, play good field position, allow our defense that's playing some of the best football, if not the best football, International Football League by being led by Kendricks and company. And uh, let's see what happens. I mean, what, three field goals is what the Atlanta Falcons end up getting from Matt Bryant. Uh, and then they end up holding uh, Matt, Matt Ryan under 200-yard passing and pretty much shut down Julio Jones and also Sunu. So I – you have to commend this coaching staff of Minnesota and what they've been able to do. But most importantly, Case Keenum is just playing lights out. In the first half, he goes 12 of 17 for 110 yards and a touchdown. He's go, he goes 100%, 13 of 13 for 117 yards. So I think these conversations of wanting to see what he can do, I think is probably over with now, especially after coming off such a great win last week with the Atlanta Falcons, giving Julio Jones over 250 yards of, of, of passing yardage. Uh, which was a week that everyone thought the Falcons may have may have arrived. Let's just say that and not think in case Keenum can go on a road to get the win uh, because that's what it's really all which we thought was was a phenomenal display of football. It was one drive, I think Harrison Smith, when led with by the fullback of the Atlanta Falcons, he knew it was out of it was a toss play and Nick, you can attest to this. One thing you don't do is wait until it come to you. You get downhill, you blow the play up, you cause a little, you be a little disruptive in the backfield, and all of a sudden it was a tackle for loss. That's the type of football this team is playing. It's unselfish, uh, and to see these guys be disciplined and how they play on defense, I think it's a big reason why they're having a lot of success. And offensively, they're scoring when they have to. They're not, they're not forcing the issues. They're just taking what the defense is giving them, and I think that's why this team is playing so good. You know, Cordell, I know you're a big uh, Case Keenum guy, so uh, I, I won't uh, elaborate too much on that because I'm sure you guys do that enough on, on the show every week. On uh, <laughs> You know it, don't you? <laughs> uh, no, no huddle. But, you know, one guy I want to focus on is Blaine Gabbert. I, I know going back to the draft, the one thing that constantly sticks out, you know, with me is how a lot of draft analysts were saying that he was the most uh, NFL-ready quarterback between him and Cam Newton, and we see what Cam Newton has done with the Carolina Panthers consecutively. But a guy who you're familiar with, Bruce Aarons, who's now the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals, spoke volumes of of Blaine Gabbert from what you've seen thus far. They say we remove Carson Palmer from the equation. Could you see uh, the the Cardinals going and staying, rather, with Blaine Gabbert as their starting quarterback moving forward? Well, the thing is, is is players like David Johnson, who's been injured, and that's why we saw Adrian Peterson uh, come in from the New Orleans Saints to to help out just a little bit. I think he would be much better than a Carson Palmer. Now, saying that, 
uh, when watching him play, two turnovers, of course, uh, which is not good enough for this football team to have a chance to be successful. Um, it's almost like you say, okay, how good is he? Well, what is his upside? Are you going to depend on him to, to be the guy to win the football games, or you want to do it by committee? I mean, the, the best way of playing football is not forcing the hand of the offense by allowing the quarterback to be the reason why they win. Because eight out of ten times when you force the hand with guys who are average quarterbacks, they're going to be the reason why you lose. And that's what I think you're seeing right now with this football team. Adrian Peterson wasn't dressed out. We know David Johnson is not dressed out. And I think now you have no choice but to give the give the scepter to to Blaine Gabbert to be able to go out and, and, and do some of the things that they needed him to do. And, and, of course, he looked good in spurts. But it goes to show you that he can't go out and actually lead a team. And there's only so many quarterbacks in the National Football League that truly has that capability of doing, which is uh, go out and lead a team when you have an average defense and your offense is okay. Players like an Aaron Rodgers, you can expect that from him. A player like a Drew Brees, a player like a Tom Brady, a Ben Roethlisberger. Those types of quarterbacks are the guys that we know, if needed, can come from behind and give you quality wins. Blaine Gabbert doesn't fit that bill. And so when, you, when the question is asked about Blaine Gabbert, what are you asking him to do? Are you asking him to come in and be a field general and just manage the game? Or are you asking him to be the guy to win the games? And I think that's what they're asking from Carson Palmer, which I think is too much at this point in time in his career. And I think that's what you see. That's what you're watching by default because of injuries to the backfield with Blaine Gabbert. To answer your question is, could he be the future? Um, if Bruce Arians doesn't change his approach, and understanding that it starts with the offensive line and trying to force and establish the running game, regardless if you want to pass the football. And watching the New Orleans Saints, they've been fortunate to have a Camara and an Ingram. Camara is a monster as a rookie. I've never seen a guy can run between the tackles as strong as he can, break those one-arm tackles, maybe break those two, two hits, and still be able to fall forward for a little compact kind of running back that he is, uh, pardon the pun, but... That's the way he runs. He runs very aggressive. They don't have that in Arizona. So to ask Blaine Gabbert to lead the helm the way they're actually calling plays, I don't think no one can fit the bill. You need an elite quarterback to either come into the National Football League or in the National Football League to get it done. So all these cliches and these ways of trying to break quarterbacks down, you know, when you think of quarterbacks in, in the National Football League, Players like the Carson Wentz came from the FCS, came from North Dakota State. He defied the odds, and look how great he's playing. Look at what uh, we could say, even Case Keenum at this moment in time. You know, he's not the biggest guy at stature, but you know what? Because he's been, you know, rolled off a little bit uh, by some, and, and few just say he needs a better opportunity. Well, right now he's taking advantage of that. So now you have to ask yourself a question. Is he a, 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 a starting quarterback in the National Football League? Based on what you're seeing, your answer has to be yes, because he's with a good football team that's building everything around him to give him a chance. So with saying that, Nick, I think if you have a, a, a Blaine Gabbard on your, on your roster, you need a David Johnson and that offensive line to be the reason why you have success and not so much allowing Blaine Gabbard to be the reason why you lose. Because with the talent they have, they're good enough to be good. It's just what's the approach? What's your philosophy? And if your philosophy is opposite of what the traditional way of playing football, which is trying to run it, and you don't have an elite quarterback with an elite receiver and a solid defense, you're in trouble. So if that's what they want to do, Blaine Gabbert will not be the answer for that team in Arizona.
Cardell, I think you're mispronouncing Case Keenum's name. Why are you being so subdued? They just came up with another. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't think I need to game. say. I don't. I don't think I need to say anything. I mean, I think everyone under have understands. Well, the audience is about, always changing. Well, they always change it, but I think the ones who do listen, they know what I like to say. You know, I think they really get where I'm coming from. And because of that, give me the horn, please. Since you guys want it, you know what it is. It's Case Keenum. Case Keenum in the Minnesota Vikings. And Case closed. Because guess what? I have a case for you, Brian Weber. What do you think about that? Yeah, I'm no. telling you, baby. It's horns blowing. When you're it's- tweeting at me, and you never tweet, when you're tweeting at me, I'm doing a seven-hour show here, but thank you. I, I don't mind phone. it. Hey, you know There's what? Cordell doing a victory lap on Twitter. I just, I just want you to know that I'm making you aware. If you're just so happy, happen to be caught game. up with other games, we cover because, all the games on I, first and goal. Because you're covering all the games on first and goal, and maybe a moment in time in the game where you may miss something and may have to do a replay. I'm catching it live and in person, and I just want you to know that Case Keenum, Case Keenum in the Minnesota Vikings. As short as he is, the man is playing like a giant right now. He's actually playing like a Viking. Case Keenum in the Minnesota Vikings. All right, Cordell. All right, Cordell. I'm going to pull you back for just a second. No, 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 no. You can't pull me back because it's on fire right now. I mean, you know, you remember we played the game. We played the basketball game. He's heating up. You know, double dribble back in the day I when remember. he was hitting those three pointers. He's like, he's heating up. He's on fire right now. Case Keenum's on. Go ahead, Nick Ferguson. I'm sorry. Well, well let me ask you another football-related question. You know, uh, Matthew Stafford injured uh, his throwing hand as a former quarterback, Again. right? How does that change your approach and how you throw the ball, and more importantly, when you go to hand off the ball to the quarterback? It's, it's tremendously hard because now you have the quarterback that's clamping down on the football. And once clamping down on the football, that pressure, wherever it is, whether it's on top of the hand, uh, uh, on the forepart, the upper part of your hand, wherever it is, uh, it, it's not going to feel good. And plus it's on the throwing hand. So now you have to wrap it up and, you know, same issue what he had last, last year. I think it was a finger that he had an issue with last year. Now here it is. It's his hand. You see the Green Bay Packers get a win. You're hearing conversations about Aaron Rodgers could be coming back within the next couple of weeks. Uh, this Hundley has really helped this team have a chance. It's something that I spoke about early on that they still have a chance, but not knowing that it would come to this again for this team in the Detroit Lions, as far as the injury is concerned to the quarterback, uh, it, it could be detrimental to their success moving forward uh, because anytime you're, you're a quarterback that, that all you do is emphasize throwing the football where you don't have a 100-yard rusher again, um, it really puts you in the position to really rely on him. And my question is, can you do that because of his throwing hand being injured again? And my answer to that is, is, is no. And, and if they don't learn how to run the football, again, this is a part of the game. And I think so one, so many people get so fascinated with, with quarterbacks being able being able to throw the football. And I know the money that he just got this offseason lets him be the highest paid player uh, at the quarterback position, let alone in the National Football League, to where they figure they have to rely on him 110%. Last weekend it was his ankle. Now all of a sudden it's the right hand. So now you have a quarterback that's injured. Like he's injured. There's no such thing as he's tough. He's injured because with what they do on offense – they rely on him heavily to be able to be efficient and accurate. And the only way he can do that, I think if he's upright and he's healthy, and as of right now, being that it is his right hand, his ankle on the right side to his right hand, it's going to be tough for that football team, man. So uh, it's going to be important uh, for them to try to figure this thing out to where if they want to try to do something within the division, because right now they are second. Uh, and I think so is the Green Bay Packers uh, with that one. They both – both teams right now are sitting there at 6-6, uh, six and six, and 
it, it, it's it's a very up it's a up, it's going to be an uphill battle in my mind um, for this Detroit Lions football team. And the most amazing thing in the world of all of this is this team right now in the Green Bay Packers is sitting here tied for second place with the Detroit Lions with Aaron Rodgers sitting in the, in the back room over the next couple weeks wondering if he's going to have an opportunity to play and what they have left on their schedule over the next couple weeks. They have the Cleveland Browns and the Carolina Panthers. So it won't be easy for them because Cleveland, we saw how they played today against the Chargers, a tough game for the Chargers. It went, I think it went all the way to the very end for the most part. Um, and then you have Carolina, who we see and know is losing to the New Orleans Saints, which the Saints was 8-3 and three against the uh, Carolina Panthers as a quarterback dating back to 2004. So it ended up going to 9-3. But it's, it's a team that's wounded right now, and they have to hurry up and figure it out because both Carolina and Atlanta lost. It, it's, it's, it's a lot of great football you know, moving forward over these next uh, four weeks to the point where if you're a leader in your division, if you don't take care of your business within the next couple weeks, this week and the next couple weeks, you may be in a fighting battle with other teams that are close to you in your division. But I think Minnesota has gotten their separation. I think the Saints has gotten their separation. They still got to play Atlanta twice, though, uh, and and, then go from there. So uh, pretty interesting to answer your question with everything that you guys both have said to me. But Case Keenum is the topic of conversation. Go ahead. Thank you. I like that we start every sentence and now end it with Case Keenum. He's a preposition. He's punctuation. He's just that versatile. Cordell, two minutes left, and then Peter King comes in, and we can't ask Mr. King to wait especially for you, because you get 15 hours of real estate with me starting tomorrow at 4 p.m. Eastern on NFL No Huddle. Your Titans were challenged by the Texans, but Tennessee won their 8-4. Jacksonville won their 8-4. You're very high in the Chargers. They're 6-6. Six six. Kansas City lost again today. In 90 seconds, who's the third best team in the AFC in your view? Oh, man, I tell you what. Right now when looking at it, uh, you know, Baltimore – they play well, too. I mean, they're in the hunt. They're not out of it. I'm looking at the Chargers, to be honest with you, as I mentioned to you and whispered to you. I think they're going to win the division. I think their momentum is going to carry them over to win that division because right now the way they're sitting, I like their energy. I like what they're accomplishing. I like what they have on defense and offense. I love it. The two best, second-best teams, I would say Jacksonville, and I would give the other maybe to the Oakland Raiders. Or the Baltimore Ravens. It's, it's, it's tough because Baltimore is moving. They're running the football, defense getting turnovers. You saw the turnovers they got today. Uh, the Chargers, they're playing great. I'm assuming that they're going to win that division because I like the momentum they have. I give the wild card to the Oakland Raiders, and I'll say the Jacksonville Jaguars. Interesting. That, and also yeah. Baltimore, as you pointed out, still very much in the hunt as well. Cordell, yeah. rest the pipes because if you yell Case Keenum 27 times tomorrow – I'm not sure you'll be available to work on Tuesday. I try to be quiet with it, but you wanted to hear it, so I had to give it to you. So oh. sorry, Nick, for, for, for spoiling the moment and not talking about football, but just talking about Case Keenum. Yeah. But that's what he went. Case Keenum! Also, can you go to Twitter and tell your fans to lay off me? I'm getting No, no, up. they're coming Why at you because they're listening. Negative. You keep talking the way you talk, they're going to come at you some more. Keep on with your gibberish. <laughs> they're coming. <laughs> they're coming for you, buddy. Have a wonderful night, and we'll chat with you tomorrow. <laughs> the NFL is on TuneIn. First and goal with Brian Weber and Nick Ferguson. Hear every score as it happens live every Sunday throughout the season from 1 to 8 p.m. Eastern.